welcome to I Am Not Okay With Day. I am your host, Day, and today we have part two of Raquel's story. If you have not listened to part one yet, go ahead and do that right now because you're going to be lost. We're going to jump right in, continuing with her conversation. Ahead of the episode, I also want to put out another trigger warning We will be discussing difficult topics in this part two, including suicide and also the loss of a loved one. So please be aware ahead of this episode. If that's not something that you're able to handle right now, I would just suggest refraining from listening to this episode. But without further ado, we're going to get right into it. Here is the finale of Raquel's story. I remember I I was 16 years old. Okay, my because we're fast forwarding a little bit now. Yeah, um, sixteen years old, and my mother again, she's pregnant. Okay, with my second sister. Now, when I tell you that God has a way of preparing you for the heartache that you are about to experience, you have to hear this story to believe what I'm going to say. Yeah. So my mother, remember, she's remember she's pregnant. So my father, she kept dreaming. Three times she had a dream that my father that my sis that my she would give birth to a child and my father would be nowhere to be found. Wow, she actually had three a dream times, about that. Three times she dreamt. <sighs> wow. That she would have a baby and no one would know where my father is. And as soon as my sister was born, we had a phone call between myself and my father and my, and my family, okay? And all he heard was, it's a girl. He heard her name, got to talk to my family. And then within a couple of weeks, no one ever heard from him ever again, mm. ever again. Like to this day, he's still missing. I was 16 wow. years old. My sister, she's 17 now, which means he's been missing for 17 years. I cannot believe she is 17, first of all. Yeah. But yeah. when I, you guys, when I moved to Canada is when she was born. She was born. Yeah. She was a baby was when born. I moved to Canada. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. You know, she's 17 years old now. And, and honestly, sometimes when I forget how long it's been, mm-hmm. I just, I just think of my sister's age and it's just like, wow. Yeah. Because every year is like a reminder. Every year is a reminder. You know, and, and in, in terms of my personal experience, because obviously I can't speak for my sisters. I can't speak about what they went through and their mm-hmm. experience of this. But my experience has been that the longer that that time spent without him, the less memories I have. In fact, sometimes I would have a dream. I would have dreams about him. And I would know that it's him, but I would not recognize his face. I would not be able to see his face the way I saw it when I was a child. Wow. Wow. Now, I want you to understand what that's like. Imagine you have a father or a mother. And not only can you not see them, mm-hmm. but every living memory that you have of them, you're losing it. Mm. In life, all we have are our memories. Yeah. We only have our imagination and our memories. 
And I mean, just based on what you were saying, it's not, it doesn't sound like there were a lot of great memories there either. Either. So this is what I'm trying to show you parents about how important it is to to have your presence be be known because if 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 he and this is nothing to my father but if he spent that time instead of having the gifts giving me gifts Mm -hmm. if he spent that time with me i would have more memories right you understand i would have the the only memory the only memory right now that i have of my father that that will stay with me forever because it had had the biggest imprint on, on on myself, like on my mind, was when we went to Jamaica. I was twelve years old. We went to Jamaica and we were driving, and I saw we like my father. We saw um, some kids, little boys, and they were playing with with these little cars, but they weren't cars. They were made out of like um, what do you call it? They were made out of milk cartons, mm-hmm. you know. And and my father pulled over, stopped the car. And in the trunk, he had a bag of toys that he brought down to Jamaica, right? She had everything shipped down. Um, and he was going to give it to my family. And he stopped the car and he, on, on the side of the road, he gave it to these children. Wow. And when I tell you that had such a big impact on my life, because the question that I asked him as a child, because I didn't understand, right. okay, was, why are you giving away the toys for our family? Mm-hmm. And he said, because... As long as I'm alive, our family will be taken care of. But this child, I don't even know where the child's going to get the next food from, let alone the next toy. Wow. And that changed my entire perspective of life. Mm-hmm. When I tell you, I no longer like, no, I don't, I don't even know how to only think of myself. Like, I don't, I don't know how to do it. If I walk into yeah. a room, I'm thinking about how can we make whatever it is better for myself plus them. Mm-hmm. Plus else that's room. true you've always been such a caring person thank you, thank you. yeah and it's always like I've always felt that you know it's and very I'm, clear when you interact with people that you you're not thinking of yourself not and, and the thing is if I was thinking about myself it would be how can I make myself better mm-hmm. for you yeah. Well, wow. for me, for me, obviously, mm-hmm, you make mm-hmm. yourself better for yourself first. But how can I be better for you as well? Mm-hmm. So it, it expanded my mind. I stopped thinking about the child, the childish mentality of mine, me. You know, if you look at a child's vocabulary, it's filled with mine and me. Right. Definitely. <laughs> Everything is mine and my and me. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that moment, it it, it flipped from mine and we mine and me to we mm-hmm. and i think that's a very important thing and that's a that's the most valuable lesson that my father taught me is it's about we yeah it's about us you know i think it's interesting just coming back to what you said you said something like when you see him in your dreams you like weren't really recognizing him i think that that means a lot because i think that you know you his like there but not really there like how much did you really know him you know how much did I know him now yeah. I'm, I'm gonna give you guys an example of, of a dream that I had and and mm-hmm. don't be scared of it it's it's honestly it was just an experience that I had yeah. basically um I had a dream that a friend of mine invited me somewhere they're like okay come let's go let's go let's go here 
And the whole time I'm like, I don't want to go. When I finally gave in and decided, you know what? Let me just go. In the dream, where we ended up was a funeral. Mm. And my friend is like, okay, I don't know where they get this theory from, but they say if you look at a body, <laughs> you know, you, you won't be afraid. Okay. So my friend is just like, come, we got to go see. We got to go see in the dream. Okay. <laughs> When I looked in the casket, it was my father. Wow. And he was alive. He was alive at this time. In the casket. That's oh my, my dream. That is so that scary. That was my dream. That my father was in the casket, but he couldn't move. He couldn't speak. He couldn't do anything. Now, mm. I want you to think deeply about that dream. I just told you, I, uh, everything that I remember about my father is just, it's not really there. It's just certain memories, okay? Mm -hmm, but the majority mm -hmm. of them, gone. Yeah. Now, my father, as I said, has been missed. That dream was, was like a couple years ago, like maybe three years ago. Wow. So, so that, because I wasn't physically able to bury my father, in my dream, there had to be a burial process. Because there, I needed that closure. Yeah. So would would you say you have that closure now? No. I would say there's there's no way. I don't feel yeah. you could ever have closure to something that that you don't know. You're always in a right. state of unknown. Like think about it. I don't know where he is. I'll mm -hmm. never know where he is. I might never know where he is. So you people is the general consensus like among our family that he's dead. I mean, after seven years, legally, they declare you dead. Oh, they did. After seven years. And it's been 17. Wow. But right. you never have a death certificate. You never have any of those things. You've never buried the person. I mean, yeah. When when you put a person, and this is, this is honestly when anyone who's ever experienced having a family member pass away or somebody pa close to you pass away, when you put the person in, in the ground or in the grave, mm -hmm. the minute that, that the ground is covered up, there's a level of, I know where he is. He's mm -hmm. in the ground. Yeah. Now imagine, imagine having to walk through life, not knowing if at any minute, somebody you might meet might be your father. Mm -hmm. In fact, in fact, I actually I used to run a, a fundraising um, business right mm -hmm. uh, to actually help like what I would do is train young people how mm -hmm. to fundraise for charities okay mm -hmm. um, what happened was one day I was doing this fundraising um, endeavor and somebody was one of my one of my teammates was like Raquel you have to come here right now so I'm like what do you mean <laughs> like here I am thinking emergency right she held up the tablet to, to me and she showed me the person's name. When I tell you the person's name was my father's name. Mm. And he was already inside the house. Right. And she was outside. So I didn't see him. So I was waiting there with anticipation, mm. like thinking and something in me was hoping yeah, this is my father. Of course. You know, hoping maybe I found him. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you the joy and the disappointment I, mm. I felt when I when it wasn't him, you you've never experienced that. 
that and no one not not too many people in their life have experienced. yeah unless you know what it's like to have somebody missing yeah you don't know what that feeling is like. i imagine that's just like constant you know yeah. like that never that hope and then disappointment seems like a constant because you because just never, you don't have an answer and because internally it was locked away in my mind seven years he's gone yeah my father was never the one who never communicated so if he hasn't communicated in 17 years what do you assume <laughs> right something bad you know? had, had yeah. to happen so that was the scary experience it was and is the scary experience is at any moment somebody on the street could be my father and then it got mm. scarier knowing that i might not even recognize him mm. uh, this breaks my heart so much raquel like uh. honestly I don't, I don't even know what to say because like i know a lot of people have been through this like a lot of people yeah. as much as this is this is one story that you're hearing a lot of people out there do have people who are missing yeah you know and that's You're why it's important right. that's why it's important for us to be there for each other because honestly there's people a child needs somebody yes a child needs somebody and when you have people around you that can hold your head up for you when you when you feel like holding your head down there's not there's no greater feeling yeah there's no greater feeling so how how did all of this change the dynamic in your family? I mean, with your mom, I mean, your well, sisters, like how? My sister, my young, I'll start with my youngest sister. Yeah. My youngest sister, there's been times when, you know, growing up, when she was in daycare, where she used to, she literally used to be like, when's my father going to pick me up? Mm -hmm. When she would see other kids come in, their yeah. father would pick them up, you know? Sorry. So she would, she would ask that question. When's my father going to come pick mm -hmm. me up? You know, um, obviously with, with every single person in my family, we've all been affected differently. Yeah. You know, I have uh, even my, you know, one of my sisters, she, she struggles. She definitely did struggle with, um, I guess, I guess that masculine energy, like needing that masculine energy. Um, and it happens. It happens to anyone who's ever, if you've been neglected of those things and you right. lack those things your entire life, you, you're going to search for them. Mm -hmm. You know what I definitely. mean? Definitely. So with my sister, that was the case as well, you know, yeah. um, for myself, <laughs> honestly, it, the struggle came more so having to be that strength for my family. Like I yeah. actually, I did not cry about what was happening to me until I was older. All I did was mm. write. All I did was write about it, but I couldn't cry about it. So even in the writing process, you didn't cry? Not at that moment. Not at that moment. Because wow. remember, like over my life, I've learned that things are going to happen to me. Mm. You it's expect almost like you expect it. Yeah, you expect it. Nothing right. surprises me. So, and, and not just that, but you learn how to disassociate your emotions from mm -hmm. things. But what that did to me was now as I'm older, because I suppressed my emotions, now, even if I want to or not, it pours out of me. Yeah. Like it pours, there'd be times where I'm crying and crying and I don't have no idea what I'm, why I'm crying. Mm -hmm. My mom will ask, oh, why are you crying? How can we fix it? My, my sister will ask, how you, how, why are you crying? How can we fix it? And I have no answer for them. None. I feel that. That happened to me yeah. last week, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
because it comes from bottled up emotions mm, and suppressed mm. emotions. Again, it has to flow out of you. Yeah. You see? So that's something that we all have to work on yourself, myself, everyone included, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Is whatever emotion you're feeling, let it out. I was afraid to let out my emotions because I, I, I did not want them, my sisters, especially to see me crying. I did not want them to see me crying. You know, because really think about it, my mom was that... already in 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 a, in a state of crying constantly. Like yeah. she, you just had a baby. You have all of these emotional things attached to, like your hormones is is going is out of mm-hmm. all over the place right now, and it's a painful experience. Exactly. I mean, that's trauma. That's traumatic. Yeah. You know, so, <sighs> Raquel. I mean, you have you have been just like this rock for so many people and it's really interesting that even at this point you're still a child still i was 16 you have to be or you felt like you had to be this rock for your entire family my entire family because my mom at that time honestly that's the first time in my entire life where i saw my mom physically Hmm. unable to do anything right but she picks herself up that's one thing i can honestly say about my, my mother she's always if life knocks her down right now you best believe she's gonna pick herself up your mom is <laughs> resilient you that be- she is yes you yeah. better believe she's gonna pick herself up you know mm-hmm. and that's one thing that I, I i learned from watching her you know and again it comes from and this is something i learned as i got older and as i got to know my mother right because mm-hmm. there was a process of we got to get to know each other you know right <laughs> know her right so it's just like honestly it was so bad that um when it comes to not knowing my mother that i did there was a time when i didn't realize that my mother was my mother Hmm. okay what do you mean by that exactly like when someone's in and out of your life constantly and this is why i say parents need to be very careful right um because you if you're constantly in and out of your child's life and someone is there more constantly than you are Mm -hmm. the child could actually believe internally that that person is the their parent and you are not mm, wow okay so what what my experience was was think about it my mom was always in and out in and out in and out so when i met her and i was there with her when i say met her it was like now it's a, she's becoming right. a constant right we used to we bumped heads like crazy yeah because I, I grew up with my <laughs> yeah i grew up with my father so all of his habits became my habits with with my mom right so um basically what happened was um it put like a strain on the relationship with her uh even when i first moved to canada like there was a time when i got so angry with her that i was just like i'm running away i can't, I can't. Uh, obviously i'm not that strong <laughs> i didn't, I didn't <laughs> run, away, run away right i hid under my bed and <laughs> <laughs> And I fell asleep. I was like nine at the time. Okay. Oh my goodness. And she heard me snoring. She's like, got you. I, and she read the note and she's like, mm, you didn't run away. <laughs> oh my God. So that's just to show you like the, the relationship that, that we had. Like obviously yeah. at first, right? It was just kind of like a, a let's get to know each other thing. And, and it wasn't for me as a child experiencing that. Like my mom did the best to make it the greatest experience that she could. Mm-hmm. right with the time that she had and but it wasn't that for me you understand what I'm saying like because of what I needed <laughs> you know so from there though like in terms of going back to to what happened when I was 16 years old and my mm-hmm. father being missing right my mother she 
she she did her best to be strong honestly honestly when i tell you she was as strong as she could be at that moment right that's the absolute truth because think about it a lot of people a lot of women can't even deal with having a their their spouse or the child the father of their children leave their life and you know they're alive you know exactly mm-hmm. where they are <laughs> you can't exactly. deal with that <laughs> You know, and this is not to put down another person's situation, but imagine this is to say, imagine what my mother was going through. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you tell your child when you don't know? Like, suppose you tell your child today that he's dead and tomorrow he comes back. Mm. I know it's like, it's just so many layers to this because. And there's nothing that like is a good answer Answer. to move on. So there's always that constant not knowing you know and that, yeah. that and and the crazy thing is that's one of my biggest fears is just uh, the unknown of course <laughs> you know so and that's most human beings fears, right yeah but but you grow like I had to grow and that set a whole different direction for my life mm-hmm. that experience when I tell you that's the single greatest experience that I've had that changed my life forever mm. that was the moment um Around the exact same time, and this is something, this is another um, thing that I'm going to tell you, right? There's another story about um, 16 years old. For some reason, that's like my golden year, whether it was for the good or for the bad. It, mm-hmm. was, it was the, this is when things went down. Right. <laughs> but um, I remember, I'm telling you, Dania, I was not sleeping. Okay, this is a story I'm going to tell you. I was not sleeping. I was awake and I was laying on my back. But you know when you're in between like falling asleep and waking up? Mm-hmm. Like you're awake, but you're not falling. You're but you're falling right. asleep. Yeah, I know so what you in, mean. Yeah, so in that state, I had whatever it is—the dream or the awakening, whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what happened was, I in that experience, Jesus, okay, came back. Like God mm-hmm. came back. Okay. And he put me on a mountain and he said to me, turn around. Cause I, at this time I was not facing the, the end of the mountain where you can see everything mm-hmm. like my back was turned to that mm-hmm. he said, turn around. When I turned around, first time I turned around, it said, he's like, what do you see? I was like, I see sand. He's like, so he turned me around. Then he said, turn around again. When I turned around, I saw people. And he said to me in this, this experience, mm-hmm. those are the people who will be lost if you don't do what you're supposed to do. Wow. Wow. So think about that. From that day when I had that experience, I literally have since that day, been searching for what I'm supposed to do. Mm. Like my every move, my every decision is to answer that question. Mm. Every job I chose, every, every, um, even, even the people I surrounded myself with. Yeah. Was to answer that question. Who am I supposed to be? Because if I don't become what I'm supposed to be, people will die. People will be lost. I mean, that is a, a, a crazy kind of pressure, though. It did. It, it, 
think about it. It did put pressure on me. Yeah. But but we all have that pressure. We all have a purpose. We all have a purpose. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, look at my life. Look at my life experience. Did I have somebody to look at me to say, this is your purpose? Mm. Purpose what? is an interesting thing because I, I actually talked about it a little bit in the episode that's going to come out before this one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's hard because, like, I feel like we all go through this period of, like, what is even the purpose for my life? Like, what yeah. am I supposed to do? There's two periods. There's two periods we go through. Mm-hmm. First, we go through a period of what is the purpose of life itself? Right. <laughs> and then we go through the period of, okay, what's the purpose of my, my life? life? Right. Like, what am I supposed to be doing here? Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. remember, I, I was forced to grow up from a very right. early age, which mm-hmm. means that all the things that another child would have to do to grow up, I already experienced that when I was right. a child. On top of that, I surrounded myself with adults. Like, I, none of my friends were children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like none of the people I from ever since I was a child, none of the girl. That's I, true. Now that yeah, I think about it, <laughs> you remember I'm always around except adults. me, girl. Except me, yes. <laughs> I was the smallest. I was like you though because I would always be with older people too. Exactly. So so it set the tone for my life in that like I always was very curious. I always wanted to yeah. know more and more and more and more. It doesn't matter how much you tell me. I want more and more and more and more. Right. So, so and the children weren't going to provide that to me. All they wanted to do was play and I did not uh-huh. <laughs> you know I was, so I took life very seriously so that question of what's what's the purpose of life that question I had to answer since I was young mm. now the question of what's the purpose of my life that one was a question that every single time I thought I answered it life taught me I didn't answer it <laughs> mm-hmm. okay and what I mean by that is I would say, okay, I want this. I want to be this. I want to be that. I want to be this. And I would mm-hmm. go and I would ex- actually explore each part of it. But something would happen. It would cause me to pull back away from that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember I told you every job I chose, every school I went to, all of those things were to find my purpose. Right. But every time I went and tried, it was like, I got a slap in the face. That's not your purpose. Mm-hmm. But eventually... And this to this day, I can actually tell you straight up, one hundred percent, I have found my purpose. And yes, I, and I have found my purpose because of the experiences I went through. Mm. See, see, I the thing that. is, the reason we don't find our purpose is because we're constantly looking for our purpose when it's already mm. in, within us. Wow! If you're looking for something, you don't believe you found it. Mm. That's interesting. And I more importantly, like- you you feel like it's away from you. It's out there. Just yeah. like if you're looking for happiness, you feel like it's out there. If you're looking for your purpose, you feel like it's out there. But reality is your purpose, you were born with your purpose, which means it's already. Yes. It, it's <laughs> now here is the thing. Remember what I said earlier about creativity, about, about, about when you see your child right. um, playing with something or doing something and they like to do it for a long time. Mm-hmm. What? Your child has found their purpose. They have found mm. their purpose. Your purpose gives you a sense of escape. When, what do I mean by that? When you're fulfilling your purpose, you get so lost in it that you don't realize you're doing your purpose. Mm, I love that. I feel I relate to that, actually, because that's a yeah. big part of this podcast for me. Yeah. I think I told yeah. you that already. Like, 
I have never felt so compelled to to do anything than to do this. Like, I never felt like this is what you should do. Even with my job, which is something that I also feel is something that, you know, I should be doing. But like doing this, knowing that you can reach people, yeah. people, not even just people, but like people that you couldn't even imagine you could reach. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, let me just tell you. Um so I do, I get like analytics for my podcast, you know, every week and everything like that when I okay. put it out. And I will never forget, like the very first couple weeks of having it out there, it would show me how many countries, how many different countries people are listening in. Raquel, nice. to this day, let me tell you, there are 26 countries in this world where people are <laughs> listening to this. And I was nice. like, what? nice i was like that's, i don't even know people in like japan the philippines that's amazing saudi arabia like places that germany let me tell you germany wow. is actually i have like 20 something listeners in germany. germany look at that india <laughs> i'm able to show you the top countries let me tell you the top countries america canada yep. Yep, jamaica india and then germany <laughs> like what is that that's crazy. This is Honestly, see, but but here is the thing: if you didn't go through what you went through, exactly, and if you didn't didn't have a mindset of I'm going to use my pain for my purpose, yeah. And you know, you know, it's funny that you said that you got this in a dream or like in this like weird sleep state because that, that was the same thing that crazy. happened to me, Raquel. See? Let me tell you that I was lying down in my bed. And I was like in that same like waking up. It was more like, you know, when you're aware, you're awake, but your eyes are still closed. But like you're caught, you're awake yeah. and you're not really moving. That was what happened to me. That's when it happened. Yes. Yeah. And I remember, I remember hearing like, I think it was God that was like, you need to do this. You yeah. need to do this podcast. People need to hear this. And at, that was a moment I immediately came up with, I'm not okay. Like it just and came And remember to we discussed it. Immediately. And I told you, yeah, I told yeah. you about it. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, but Daniel, let me tell you this. Okay. Even for anyone who's listening to this, even if they don't believe in God. Okay. Yeah. Let me tell you something. If your conscience tells you this is what you're supposed to do, the minute you do not listen to your conscience, you are doing a disservice to yourself. You are yeah. hurting yourself. And not only are you hurting yourself, you're hurting humanity. Mm -hmm. Because humanity needs you. They, every talent, every skill, every everything that you have within you and the experiences, when you combine that with the experiences that you've had in, the li in your life and the things that you've observed in your life, if you package that and you put it into... into uh, uh, I'm going to say a final thing that's this is who I am. When you mm -hmm. can say this is who I am, this is what I've experienced. That's your purpose. Yes. That's your purpose. And you are, you're, it's called a gift because you're not supposed to hold it. You give away a gift. Mm -hmm. I love Think that. about that. Your gifts are not for you. No. They're for others. They're for humanity. And I mean, that is what God came on the earth to do. When Jesus Absolutely. came on the earth, that's what he did. And Absolutely. that's what he wants for all of us to do too. For all of us. We, as human beings, it's about giving. Life is about yes. giving. You want to know the purpose of life? Give. Give and yeah. you'll, find, you'll find how easy you find your purpose in life. Just start giving. I agree. I love that.
You're just dropping all the knowledge, girl. Okay. Like 26 people, 26 countries. They're going to hear this. (laughs) That's amazing. Honestly, it's amazing. And honestly, you, what even what you're doing in this podcast, it's, it's going to bless so many people. Like I already know, you know, let me tell you something. Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. Change people, change people. Bless people, bless people. Amen. <laughs> okay. So, so the reason the reason I can be a blessing is because I needed blessings. You mm-hmm. understand? Mm-hmm. I went through that 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 down. Yeah. I literally can say I spent the first twenty five years of my life in hell, mm. total hell. So now that I'm finding myself, yeah. Now that I know my purpose and I'm fulfilling my purpose. As I move closer and closer to that fulfillment of my purpose, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to continue to find myself, mm-hmm. but I'm going to bless the world. Yes. You understand? The reason people can't be a blessing, and this is really sad to say, is because they don't allow to, themselves to bless themselves. Mm-hmm. Meaning they're not willing to tap into themselves yeah. deep enough deep enough to be able to to like for example i write poetry i write songs for mm-hmm. me to write the songs that i write i have to it's almost like cutting myself open like doing hope and heart surgery on myself mm. and being willing to expose parts of me that people don't even want to talk about you don't want to yes. have a conversation about it and i and my job is to expose those things can we talk about the song that you wrote all these years ago can we talk about it again <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because no I will never forget that. First of all, that experience was like one of the best experiences for me. That's so amazing. back in the, how old were you at this point? That that time I was. Um, it's funny. I had different versions of the song. So the first oh, time so I you ever wrote went, it a long time ago, a long yeah, time so, before, like we before like. I, yes. So what happened it. was I made I wrote because I couldn't figure out how to heal from my experience mm-hmm. with, my, with my father being missing. So I wrote just my story. I just wanted to write down every single thing that I could remember mm-hmm. about what happened. So it started off with me just writing out the, the at 16 years old, just writing out exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And then, and then remember, I told you everything I do is for to fulfill my purpose. Right. So, so, and in search of answering that question of what's my purpose. So when I yes. started realizing that I'm really good at writing songs, I actually took a songwriting course. I remember. That, yeah, and that's I was 20 years old. I was 20 years old at, at York University, and that's when um yes, because I was 16, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> you were you were still a child, you know. So <laughs> so um that's when you got the second version, was which was the that's when I was like, whoa, like the story is the same, but it's more clear, it's more detailed. Mm. I said exactly what I needed to say. And and I feel a sense of release when I say these words. Uh, That's the difference that. between the first time I wrote it and the second time. The, the mm. first time I wrote it was just, I need to find out what's going on. I yeah. wrote it to make sense of my life. But after I made sense of my life so I could move forward, the second version was, uh, okay, I understand what's going on in my life. This is how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. You see? Crying in silence. <laughs> I cried every tear I had. Yes. So I still that's remember what it, it is. girl. See, I love that. I love that you still remember it. Honestly, I'm going to tell you this. I'm working right now on um on actually writing songs, like becoming a songwriter and um and delivering my own songs. You know what I mean? Like I love actually it. speaking and 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 doing public speaking as well, right? Because those yes. are all my passion. Just I need to speak. I need to 
as I said, that's who I am. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, but I'm working on, <laughs> on doing that and uh, releasing it out into the world because I feel like just like I was telling you guys my story, I feel like if a lot more people hear my story, mm-hmm. this world would be more connected because I've been through, I was telling you earlier, Dania, a lot of the things I've been through in my life, one person hasn't experienced in their entire lifetime. And not yep. just that, but it takes four to five to six people to experience the, the the level of things that I, as one person, has experienced. Yeah, you, I mean, I say that's too much for one person. Okay, <laughs> yeah. like that's, it's too much. You know, so, so, and, and honestly, I, to this day, I believe that my experiences, my struggle is for a reason. And, yeah. and that reason will only ever be exposed once I open my mouth and I do what I'm supposed to do, which is speak, to tell my story, to tell people what, what's going on. Because why? There's some child right now that is experiencing what I experienced, but because mm-hmm. I, but, but if I remain silent, they'll continue to, re- to experience that. They'll continue to cry in silence. They'll continue to cry in silence. They'll continue yeah. to experience the pain that I had to experience. So whenever I speak, it's so that someone else doesn't have to feel what I went through. Mm. And, 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 and so that if someone does feel what I went through, they know that someone else felt the same way too. Yeah, they're not because alone. Because that's, that's the number one reason why people, why people commit suicide. It's that feeling of you are alone yes. and, and whatever you're going through will never end. It will never end. Mm. How do I know this? Because I've been there. I have been there. Like there was a time I remember I was young. I was like working at Walmart at the time. And um, I was my life just became so overwhelming for me that I had a bottle of, of, of pills that mm. Dania, when I tell you that night when I came home, right, that day, the morning, I was just. Cause I used to work overnight. It was, it was overnight shift. Mm-hmm. So the morning when I came home, that would have been my last day. Wow. Like my last day. Cause I was about to take all of them. So what happened? I just decided to, my sister was upstairs at the time. I decided to go upstairs and to say to her exactly what was on my mind. I didn't care how she was going to respond. I didn't mm-hmm. care if she was going to judge me. I need you to know this. I need somebody to know this. Mm. So you did that? And I told her, I told her exactly how I was feeling, what I was going through, um, how it was affecting me to the best of my ability, of course, mm-hmm. you know? What was her response? She she looked at me and she said, she said to me two things because of the content of what I was talking to her about. She, first, she said, I know. Mm. That was the first thing she said, I know. She's like, you have always been this person. So you, like, I've noticed since you, since I've known you. And isn't that crazy that you think you're hiding it from the people and everybody knows? Uh, that's <laughs> it's that's, obvious. That's the important part. You understand? So, so again, it comes back to there's so many layers between between myself mm-hmm. and 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 the reality. Because right. I put those, I put those layers there. Like I put using the clothes, the the body fat, like all of those mm-hmm. things I talked about. So. What talking about it helped me do was to tear away the layers and the barriers mm-hmm. that I built for myself between myself. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Like between myself, meaning between who I really am and between who I thought I was mm. and who I think I am. So having that, that part. Yeah. So having that conversation with my sister, it really, it, it helped me to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like be okay with 
speaking about it because if you notice it, why am I even trying to hide? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's pouring out. So what's the point of hiding? <laughs> like, wow. But that is like amazing. The, yeah, it's like a cow trying to hide behind a pin. <laughs> like, like a little meal. Yeah, you can't do it. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> <laughs> It's like when a kid goes like this and he's yeah. like hiding, but yeah. everybody can see. But I can see you, you know? So, <laughs> so it's, but, but the important thing is I got to speak about it. Yeah. And that is an amazing testimony in and of itself. Like yeah, you were absolutely. on the verge of no longer existing Yeah, and you made a choice to speak Daniel. and you continue to exist. It exactly. Now, here's the thing. It was so bad that I, okay, there's a difference between wishing you were no longer here mm-hmm. and wishing you were never here in the first place. Mm. And that's what I was. Mm-hmm. I, I reached a point where I wish I didn't even exist. Because if I didn't exist, I can't hurt people and mm-hmm. no one can hurt me. But by existing, there's hurt. Yeah, it's so inevitable. Exactly. So in speaking, I was able to to bring sense to myself, like mm-hmm. like actually make sense of myself and of the world. Yeah, you know. And and the thing is that taught me that moment of being able to express to my sister of what's going on. From the day when I opened my mouth, I never stopped. I love it. Like I I never stopped. But but that's amazing though, because you never stopped and you have continued to heal with not stopping. Exactly. And more importantly, now the same thing that I struggled with, it's so easy for me to look at another human being and recognize that struggle in them Mm. when they don't even see it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember like when my divorce just happened, you sent me a message and I mean, like, yeah, like it was already knowledge among the people, but like, like, no, it wasn't really like public knowledge at that point, you know, only a select few people knew and you sent me a message and girl, you were just speaking my whole life to me, (laughs) literally, you know? And I was like, Wow. I mean, again, that's why I, the whole starting over from experience, like that phrase right there is never going to leave my head because like every time I'm doing something and I get frustrated, every time I'm like feeling like, oh, I can't move forward with my life. That is like, no, no, we, you're doing it, you know, and that's what you told me. Of course. And and I'm glad that it it was able to stick to you. So now yeah. you have something that you can turn to every time, every time. Yes. You know but I, mean? I say that too, to say that your, your purpose is already being fulfilled. You know, somebody said that to me. And the craziest part is that person called me and they said it to me on the day when I was feeling my absolute lowest. Wow. And that she, always happens though, man. And that always not, happens. Yes. And she, the thing is, she didn't even know that I was going through that. That's, she, that was God. She, she called me. She called me because she wanted, I, I was her manager. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, she wanted, she wanted a referral because we were no longer working together. And she's like, the best manager I've ever had was you. So I need a referral from you. <laughs> 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 and she's like, she, and she started listing all the reasons why. And the number one reason she said to me is Raquel, you changed my life. 
You literally wow. changed my life. And I was like, what are oh. I do? <laughs> That's mind, amazing. In my mind, I was like, oh, what did I do? You know? <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and when this woman opened her mouth and started speaking, I didn't even realize that's the level of impact I had on her. Wow. And, and she, you know, if that's the only thing, girl, you can die a happy person already. Like that's I, literally, I literally told her, I told her that <laughs> I told her, I said, cause she said to me at the end of when she finished speaking, she said to me, I know you want, you have this big vision. Mm-hmm. Me, I don't remain silent about my vision. Okay. So, <laughs> so she's like, she said to me, I know you want to inspire people. But I want you to know that you already inspire people. Yes. And she's and she said to me, stop thinking that you're that you're gonna inspire people in the future. Mm. You're inspiring people now. I mean, Raquel, just come back to that same song. Like I remember when I remember specifically, like I will not forget this. When you performed that song at church. Do you remember? Yeah. The first time. The first like we weren't even singing with you in that time, I don't think. Yeah. And I think the music even cut out. Yeah, and, the I, and music I was cut out. And you kept on going, and there was not a dry eye in that church. Mm-hmm. Everybody was crying, like literally everybody. And that alone, the thing here's what I've learned too, and just in my career, you don't know who you're touching because the thing is, like, there are probably, I bet you, there are people that you have impacted that you they've probably never said anything to you you don't know and so i'm just saying like from that moment you know you already like i was amazed i heard you (laughs) sing this song i heard you pour your heart out and i was like wow Wow. and then yeah like then you said you came to us and we wanted you wanted us to sing on it i needed somebody to sing because i can't sing (laughs) (laughs) and even just that experience like singing and like recording it and like for me I, i was 16 like i was a kid i didn't know anything but that for me was so impactful like i will never forget it you know you were already doing the things at that time and you didn't even cross all of like all those things that you moved you thought that you were gonna do like it wasn't even at that time yet because then you honestly first of all I appreciate that you expressed that to me you know I appreciate that you told me that I did have that impact on you right but for me while I'm doing it I don't see it like I never see that I'm having an impact all I know is before I do anything I, I definitely pray and I, I tell God my intention, which is let somebody walk away from this conversation or this speech or this song, a different person, because I opened my mouth and I spoke, help their lives to be changed, help the world to be better because I lived. You understand those? That's the conversation I have with God. When I when I talk to God, I don't play. <laughs> Listen, God is working, and He's exactly. been working. And here's that. That's another thing I'm learning. God has been working. Been we working. just didn't see it, but He's been. He's and been preparing things from time. He's just waiting for us to catch up. Dania, absolutely. And you know what's crazy is when I was when I hit my lowest point. That's when I searched more 
my purpose because the only reason the I shouldn't say the only the biggest reason I get I, I become depressed it's because of my purpose like it's because either I didn't know what it was so I, I went through free uh, like uh, literally years of depression just because I didn't know what the purpose was mm-hmm. then now when I find it it's because I felt like I'm not fulfilling it. So so that's where the when she called me, the girl called me, that's why it had such an impact on me because it eliminated the fear of not fulfilling my purpose. Because I, uh, on top of that, my biggest fear, this, I'll tell you straight up, my biggest fear is dying before fulfilling my purpose. Girl, you don't have to worry about it because it's already done. It's, it's already like, done. Honestly. It's, it's like, it's like what, the, the, you know, when, when Jesus said it is finished, I want us all to realize it is finished. Like it is legit finished. <laughs> the things that we're looking for out here, it's complete in here. So the yeah. same thing with, with with you, Daniel. You said that you know what? You have been looking for your purpose and you found it through this podcast. If you look over your life, guarantee you certain parts of your life led you to this podcast. You've seen it before. It might not have been called a podcast when you were young and this didn't exist. But life would have shown you glimpses of it. And that goes back to what I was saying about, um, what, like, for example, I went to a music school because I wanted to um, understand what my purpose was. And, 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 and I felt like it was music. Guess what? I studied music production. Now I'm realizing it's not about the production aspect of it. It's the, either the business aspect and the creative aspect. You understand? But I, I completely left the music school because I became depressed studying the music production aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So I ran here, here I am running in the next direction thinking this is not my purpose, okay? When that is just a part of my purpose. And life gives you your purpose in exactly that same way. So today you might see one thing that's like, oh, wow, that's my purpose. Then you then you try it and you're like, no, that's not my purpose. Then you see something else and you're like, that's my purpose. And you go in that direction, okay? And you're like, wait, that's not my purpose. For me, it was, for, uh, for me, it was music. It was, at one point I wanted to be a lawyer because <laughs> I wanted to, like, when I have, a, when I have an opinion and an idea and a thought, <laughs> you best believe I'm defending that to the, to the death of me, okay? <laughs> Especially when I believe I in it. it. <laughs> so I wanted to be a lawyer, right? And then I'm like, wait, I don't want to be a lawyer just in a courtroom. Like, I want to argue on behalf of like everybody in this world. Like, if somebody wronged you, I'm your lawyer. <laughs> Always so ambitious. <laughs> you got to be doing the absolute most. Can't just do a little small thing. Never, never, never. <laughs> I, I, I was born to be small. I was not born to be small. If I was born to be small, I wouldn't have big visions. You know. So <laughs> the thing is, like. So it went from all of those things to also studying about history. Now, that's that's something important because I spent my life studying about other people's story when really and truly what I needed to do was study my own story. Study my story and not his story. I love that. <laughs> you yes. understand? So, mm-hmm. but guess what? All of these things came together and the five different or six different or however many what, think, um, experiences it was that I actually pursued I found a way to put them together into one. And that's how your purpose works. So don't get discouraged when you try something. You're like, oh, that's my purpose. And then you try it and it's not your evil. Like, oh, it's not my purpose. (laughs) And you try five or six or 10 different things. If you 
if you are diligent enough and if you if you really have the intention of finding your purpose, okay, and you would if you try and five different things, <laughs> but <laughs> but if you are diligent enough to to search for your purpose, you'll find it. And it, you'll find it in all five of these things, yeah. but you'll combine them into one. And that one will be the most powerful thing that you can ever do with your life. I love that. And I think, you know? I think when thinking about your purpose too, it's not just like one thing, I think. That's the problem. You know? That's right. Problem. I think we, we feel like, okay, like this is the one thing. You're looking for a purpose. Right. A purpose. <laughs> And if, if we don't want to get that one thing, like, then we don't have it at all, you know, because I think exactly. like just speaking from my experience, I think being a social worker, I do believe is a part of my purpose. I think doing this podcast is part of Absolutely. my purpose. I think that eventually, and, and you the know, podcast, if you look mm -hmm. at it, the podcast is just an extension of the social work. Exactly. Because <laughs> I'm sharing, you know, I, I'm, I'm being open about my personal experiences exactly. i'm still helping people to realize no, they're not no, alone you, you're you're helping people even more and the reason why is because most professionals are taught to distance themselves from their client yes you are taught as if you look at a doctor a doctor can't even operate on their family members because you're too there's too much, there's too much right closeness. you can't do conflict of interest that's exactly it. just yeah. like because they don't as a as a social worker i'm pretty sure they told you don't share this and this and that about oh, yourself, a thousand percent but, but they i mean don't that's really. why that's why i still try to keep some anonymity because yeah. i am going to get back into the professional world at some point and i, I have to kind of do, do that. that but the right. thing is though the reality of it the best people mm -hmm. best social workers are the ones who expose themselves so that somebody can find an aspect of themselves in them yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, there's this whole thing of there's this thing called self-disclosure, which yeah. is literally a technique you use to talk about your own post personal experience that will be relevant to the client. Not like you're client. sharing the whole thing, but yeah. like that is a part of it. So, yeah, that's absolutely and, true. And I mean, yes, I like I decided to do this. A big part of the reason why I decided to do this is because of my inability to share in a professional setting in the profession all about my life and everything and, and you'll help I'm, way more people exactly and you ever will with with the with the, with the, the personal pri private social work thousand okay? percent yep. and the reason why is because not only do you share your story but you allow people like myself to come and share their story so it builds a community so people who are healing they don't have to heal alone listen it's like this when think of healing like a hospital okay when you go to a hospital it's one place that houses all the people who need healing, what, no matter what kind of healing they need, okay? And that's what you've done. You've created a hospital. No matter what kind of healing you need, Wow. I can come to you and I can share my story. And my story might be about X, Y, and Z. Another person's story might be about S, T, and all of those. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? I but love it. I it's a place it. that we can come together and share. And, nice. and honestly, honestly, the entire reason we can we we even have language is to use it. Use it and use it to for our betterment as human beings. Think about language. Every every word in a language is to be associated with something that exists in reality. So we have a language to be able to speak about our reality. So what do we do when we're not speaking about our reality? What are we doing? We're wasting words. You're wasting words. And language was created to protect the generation. So like, for example, 
if 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 I see fire over there and I don't want you to die in a fire, I got to tell you there's a fire over there. <laughs> right. <know> I mean? <laughs> Same thing with food. If I see food, because that's really where it came from. So if yeah. I see food somewhere and to make sure that nobody in my family starves, we have to have a word for food. So if words were created for this purpose, for us to describe our experiences so we can ensure our survival, let's use our words to ensure our survival. Let's use our, our, our words to, um, to, to describe and to, to discuss our reality. So now that we've talked all about your purpose, right? Okay. What next? You know, what, what's next for you? Like, where do we go from here now? So where do we go from here? Obviously, as I said, there's there's a first part, which is finding your purpose. And the next part is fulfilling it. Because if you're not fulfilling it, what's the point of finding it? <laughs> like, why do you search? <laughs> you know? So um, for me, in terms of fulfilling my purpose, right? Honestly, I'm a person that once I... Okay, I'll struggle when I'm unclear, when I don't have clarity about what my purpose or about anything just I like clarity <laughs> okay I need it <laughs> you like to when, know all the things absolutely <laughs> and especially when life itself has been so unclear so confusing yeah. clarity gives you that sense of oh okay there's sense it makes sense you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so start the first thing I had to do was find my purpose mm-hmm. and once I found it every single day literally has been dedicated to it mm-hmm. since this whole coronavirus thing mm-hmm. since this whole quarantine thing people people a lot of a lot of people's experience have been this is the worst experience of my life the worst year of my life this has been the greatest year of my life and the greatest experience of my life well you amen know? amen <laughs> and i can say this because never before in my life had I had an opportunity to work on myself and to Mm. focus on my healing, to focus on things that I neglected because I was working, because I was taking care of responsibility, Mm -hmm. you know? But now that it's like, you're in quarantine. Listen, most people, quarantine is a new thing for you. I've been quarantined my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) I was mad when oh I heard the quarantine. I was mad. I was like, they got to stay home. <laughs> like, they got to be here. <laughs> like, you mean tell me I can't be by myself right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's it's just me, you know what I mean? Because I'm very comfortable alone. I think that's a, that's a big problem. If you can't be comfortable with yourself and alone with yourself, you're in for a rude awakening. Because yep. all you've ever have, all you'll ever have in this life is you. Yep. And if you don't believe me, look at your 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 grade school friends, the the people you were friends with when you were two, three, four, five, six, seven, all the way up through high school, all the way up until now. Where are they? Some of you look at your parents. Where are they? You know, look at look at everybody. The one constant who will always be here, and you can guarantee that, is you. Yep, I love that. I actually said that 
again in the episode that um is going to come out before this one i talked about that you know i talked about demi lovato demi lovato's song called still have me where yeah. that's essentially the whole thing like i don't have this and i don't have this but i still have me i'm gonna tell you the story of how i learned that lesson i learned that lesson the hard way mm. okay? when remember you asked me how how the absence of my father affected me the biggest way that it affected me was I wanted to be more present, meaning I wanted to kind of step in and play the role that should have been played in the sense of like when he wasn't there, I wanted to be there for my sisters, for my family, you know, and I literally just kind of gave up all not I'm not gonna say I gave up my hopes and my dreams, but I, I put them aside. Yeah to take care of my family, to take care right. of myself. And when I take care, when I say that, I mean, being there emotionally, um, you know, trying to be somebody that, that kind of holds the house together. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that, that, mm -hmm. that was when I was 16 years old. That's the decision I made. Yeah. Then I remember when I was, I was older, I was about 25 years old, maybe a little older. And I actually got a job at the same place where my mom was working. And one day I got a call that I need to go to the hospital. And it was my mother. Like I needed to go to the hospital because she was in the hospital. And because my mother was holding everything in mm. and because she was struggling, but she had to be the quote unquote strong black woman. Right. It tore her down she had a mental mm. breakdown she ended up in a mental ward in the basement wow. of a hospital okay and for that reason and at that moment when i saw my mother i walked into a hospital she was totally unresponsive like in the sense of like she was awake she mm -hmm. was conscious but the things that she was doing she had she didn't even know she was doing them mm. like she actually like hit me she was moving her hand her hand was just mm -hmm. moving uncontrollably up and down up and down and she yeah. and i was trying to hold her i was trying to stop her from doing that mm -hmm. and she, she was like physically fighting me battling wow. me. and honestly it was the scariest state i've never seen my mom in that state before mm -hmm. and i didn't even know someone could be in that state mm -hmm. when you lock out your when you shut in your emotions you open yourself up to a lot of things yeah and a lot of mental health issues okay now <sighs> So that day, because I swear, I thought my mom was going to die. That's mm. how bad it was. And that was a rude awakening for me because my whole experience since being in Canada and being with my mother was she was there. Remember, I went from no one being there to someone's there. There's a constant here. And now there was a there's a slap in the face of this. This constant might not be there anymore. I might be here one day. and My mother will not that's when and I actually delivered a speech I was taking a public speaking course at the time and I gave a speech about it and I said I spoke about the fact that the only person who will ever be here is me and when I finished delivering that speech I had about five people come up to me and tell me their personal story 
That's one thing I get as a, wow. as a public speaker. That's one thing I get is people will come up to me and they will tell me their story. Yes. They will cry all those, those tears mm. that they've been holding in for all these years. They will cry them all in front of me. So I take on a lot of people's pain. Mm. I take on a lot of people's burden. But you know what I do with that? I, I, I pour it out and into the, the music. Mm-hmm. I pour it into my speeches. I pour it into my spoken word poems because... If I take my experiences mm-hmm. and I pour it into the spoken word poem and the, mm-hmm. the, the songs and the speeches, and I take your experiences and other people's experiences and I do the same thing, that opens up more people for me to talk to. Yes. It opens up conversations. Yes. And that's the most important thing. Conversations. Conversations changes situations. Think about that conversations changes situations you want your conversation you want your situation to change change your conversations whether it's with yourself yeah conversations you're having internally Mm -hmm. and the conversations you're having with other people yeah okay and those are the things that i'm learning now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right you want to change your situation make sure you have conversations and positive conversations yeah i love that i want to ask you this i was was um, gonna before you ask that i was gonna say to you you see how for example I always, I always use this as an example. Imagine the last thing that you say is the last thing, whether it's God that you believe in or some people say the universe or whatever. Mm-hmm. If all God heard was the very last thing that you said, the last part of your statement, and you say a statement like, I'm going to use the statement, for example, that you use um, for your for the title of your, your podcast. I am not okay. We stop there. As human beings, we say, I am not okay. And that we put a period after it. But what I want you to do is put a comma. Put a comma because your story doesn't end at I'm not okay. Your story continues. I am not okay, but I will be okay. You see the difference? Mm -hmm. Now, if we extend that statement a little more, you say, but I will be okay. Now it changes your perspective. On your situation. Or even like what I'm trying to do is I am not okay. And that's okay. And that's okay. You understand? Because right now you're in a place of having to, to a need for acceptance Mm -hmm. of your situation. So you you remember you go through phases. The first phase Mm -hmm. for you was I'm not okay. And that's okay. Because you need to accept it. Mm -hmm. The second phase is I am not okay, but I will be okay. That's mm-hmm. a transition from, from I'm not okay, I accept that I'm not okay, to I'm going to change the fact that I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. You see the difference now? Yeah. Now, again, imagine if the last thing you said, if the last thing God heard you say was, I'm not okay, what do you think you're going to have in your life? A lot more, I'm not okay. <laughs> a lot more reason to not be okay. Because mm-hmm. you're focused on the I am not okay. But when you put the comma and you say, I am not okay, but it will be okay. Then what happens is all you get is the be okay. Like everything in this world to look forward to, to reassure you that you'll be okay. Hmm. It's kind of like what the car situation. Remember I told you, if you focus yeah. on you, you getting the black Honda Civic, you're only mm-hmm. going to see black Honda Civics. But right. if you focus on if you focus on um the the I'm okay I'm not okay but I will be okay you're mm-hmm. gonna get the things to be okay with 
Yes. It's kind of like it's kind of that's why it's a very important when you don't feel okay to give gratitude. It's even more important to be be grateful. More important. Because if you can be grateful in hell, what do you think we get when 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 you escape that? You understand? If you can be grateful when you're going through hell, that heaven that literally the heaven that you're exposed to, you're going to appreciate it that much more because you know yes. what hell feels like. You know what hell yeah. feels like. And if you can be grateful in hell, you're going to be more grateful in heaven. Wow. You just been dropping the gems. Okay. <laughs> it's just like, let me just soak it all in and take it all in. I want to ask you this. This is the ask question I was going to ask is, what was a big part of your healing process? You know, because we are talking about healing, moving forward. You talk a lot about just the traumas that you went through. How did you get through that? Like, what was the thing that really kept you going? Okay, so one is knowing that the whole getting rid of myself and choosing not to be here, that's no longer an option. You understand? Knowing that that's not an option. So if I'm, if my option is to be alive, I got to make the best of this. <laughs> How did you get to a place where that was no longer an option for you? How, oh, good. So that's a good question. I got to that place by having my purpose be more powerful and more, more and stronger than my struggle. Mm. And by, and the way I did that by is by attaching a purpose to my struggle. The problem uh -huh. is most people, when we struggle, we just struggle and we only see the struggle. Uh -huh. But when you attach a purpose to your struggle, now you see your purpose before uh -huh. you see your struggle. You still see your struggle. You yeah. still see your, your struggle, but you'll see your purpose even more. Your purpose will become like the, 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 the sunlight uh -huh. on your rainy days and on that. your struggle. And it's going to give light to your, your struggle. It's going to show you why you went through the struggles that you went through. Mm -hmm. You understand? I love it. The problem is most of us, we like to, we like to shine a flashlight <laughs> when we need to shine the sun, mm -hmm. which, is, which means we, like, we need to shine our purpose. Mm -hmm. You understand? But we like, to, we like to bandage the situation. Right. We, we, we search for small ways to make ourselves feel good about ourselves, feel happy, whether it means putting ourselves down, putting, sorry, putting other people down, um, whether it means doing drugs or, or, or um, taking alcohol or any of those things. But we, we seek to be happy. Your goal is not to feel pain. <laughs> okay. So for some of us, that's the first part of our purpose is how to eliminate the pain from within ourselves. And when we, when we seek to eliminate the pain within ourselves, we eliminate the pain within others. So my healing journey, literally, remember, I was so focused on how I could help everybody else, how I could be everything for everyone else, that I neglected the one person needed to be anything for, and that was me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the only way I realized, the only way to fulfill my purpose was to go deeper within myself. Mm -hmm. So I literally, I, I, I figured out, if I can find out what are the aspects of life, Okay, so there's the physical aspect, the spiritual aspect, the emotional aspect, the creative aspect, right? There's the financial aspect. Um, you know, there's a there's a work aspect because sometimes your work is different from how you um, your what do you call it? How you like what you feel good about? You know what I mean? So 
and it's different from your creative aspect too because some some people's jobs are not creative okay the what you do to make money is not necessarily what's fulfilling you that's what i'm trying to say so if what i did was i took every single aspect of life i listed them and i wrote down exactly what i want them to look like by the end of my life okay so what do i want my spiritual life to look like what do i want my physical life to look like what do i want my financial life to look like mm-hmm. okay because the reason for it is it causes you to think long term it takes mm-hmm. your mind off of your current situation okay if your mind is on the hell that you are in you'll never see the heaven that you have to look forward to mm-hmm. okay all you'll see is the pain that you're going through you'll never see what you can do with the pain yeah you see so my healing journey um it, it really it it was forced on me <laughs> It was forced on me hmm. because I wanted something. And in order to get that thing, I had to heal from myself. Right, right. You understand? Because people attack life the wrong way. And the reason why I said that is we attack life by, okay, I need money. Let's go search for that money. Let's go get that mm-hmm. money. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's, we even have a word, let's chase money. But guess what? If you're chasing something, it's running from you. So if you're chasing, <laughs> if you're chasing money, it's because it's running from you, right? Hmm. If you're chasing chasing your purpose, it's running from you. Anything yeah. you're chasing is because it's running from you. So instead of attacking life, like I need to find my purpose, I need to get money, I need to do all of these things, which is exactly what I was doing before, and that's mm-hmm. what caused my depression. Instead, now I said, I, I look at these are the aspects of life. Who am I in relationship to those aspects of life? Mm-hmm. What do I mean by that? Most people, when they get money, it's just to get money. Mm-hmm. But when you attach your purpose and your money together, right. now your your money increases because you're not focusing on your money. You're focusing on your purpose. Mm-hmm. So, so, so for that reason, it, it's um, it kind of like you get exactly what you want, but not by chasing it, not by trying to get it. You know what I mean? So healing for, for healing, I ended up having to heal because one, I was pushing myself so much that I almost lost my knees. (laughs) Okay. Like literally they were so inflamed and so, um, Mm. So, cause I used to do door to door sales, like residential mm-hmm. sales, right. And marketing and every single day of stairs, think yeah. about what that's doing to your body, wear and tear. Right. Mm-hmm. So what happened was I, God had to knock me down, mm. like straight up had to knock me down. He had to put me out of work. <laughs> mm. You understand? Because if I was focused on work, I wouldn't be focused on him and fulfilling on my purpose. You see, we have a culture, we have a culture that tells you to focus on everything else but yourself. And when you focus on yourself, you look weird. That is straight facts. And then we have to like justify why we're focusing on ourselves. All right. No, exactly. One million percent. Let me show you this. Okay. I'm going to give you this example. Mm -hmm. There's a reason people say. You can never love somebody else unless you love yourself. You've heard that before, yeah? It is absolutely true. And the reason why is because until you love yourself, you don't know what loving someone looks like. That's straight facts. You think facts. you love. You think mm-hmm. you love. 
you think you love. Mm-hmm. But look at it. I want you to look at it like this. When we think of loving someone, we think of let's go on dates. Let's 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 uh, let me pamper you. Mm-hmm. Let me buy gifts for you. Now, if you take exactly those same things and you apply it to yourself, you do those same things for yourself. How different is your experience? Now you don't expect that from anybody else. I can provide a gift to myself. I don't need your gift. I could provide, I could, I could pamper myself. I don't need your pampering. Right. You understand? But the problem is, we have needs. We are, we need them. We need their pampering. We need their love. Mm-hmm. You understand? It's usually but when you need something, we... mm-hmm. you push it away because you're going to attach a negative emotion to it. Mm. You see? Because yeah. need has a strain to it. It has a level of strain to it. <laughs> when you focus on your need, you're focused on what you lack. Right. If you say I need water, it's because you don't have water. You say I need food, it's because you don't have food. Right. I was just going to say that. I think that, like, especially in relationships, it always comes down to a lack of something. Yes. Yes. And that's where the problems lie. The problem flies when two broken people, two unhealed people get Mm -hmm. together and expect to heal each other. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or don't even realize that they're broken. That they're broken. Now, no one is going to heal you. You can heal yourself. And you mm-hmm. alone will be able to heal yourself. Okay? Yep. Imagine the level of relationship you'll have if you heal yourself and then you attach yourself with another human being who's mm-hmm. also healed. thousand percent. You understand? The relationship is different. Same people, different mm-hmm. experiences, same relationship. Yeah. You see? Now, more importantly... Imagine you do that within yourself. Mm-hmm. Imagine the level of relationship you strive to have with everyone else. Imagine you had it with yourself. Yeah. You think anyone can And that's really the thing, man. Self-love is the most important. Absolutely. And we Absolutely. just do not spend enough time on that. Yep. Even, even if you, people say, oh, self-love, God-love. No, you should love God instead of yourself. Listen, you cannot, and if, if you check the Bible, you cannot love a god that you cannot see if you don't love yourself who you can see and if you don't love other people who you can see you understand why because those same people that you can see are created in the image of god Mm -hmm. well i think even just like the image of god you yourself were created in god's image so i think that you can't when you are able to see yourself through god's eyes and see yourself as who you truly are as his child yeah the self-love comes automatically because you realize like how much you're worth absolutely and you realize how well and how wonderful you are made like yes. you, you're fearfully and wonderfully made and it's the absolute truth mm-hmm. every yes. inch of your body is different from every other inch of your body right you understand <laughs> like yeah. think, think about that it's like every snowflake is unique but you don't need a snowflake look at yourself <laughs> exactly you know no exactly i mean the human body in and of itself is just amazing exactly right so so that's when that's what i mean when i say the healing journey i mean total Mm -hmm. and complete and honest healing yeah not not just to say you've healed Mm -hmm. and i I think i like what you said about it being a journey because that's what it is like obviously 
I mean, you mentioned yourself, like there are still things that you struggle with. And, you know, I've said it before too. I'm so struggling with things. And it's it's a constant like daily journey. It's not a daily journey. It's a moment by moment journey. One minute Facts, you're, moment one, by moment. Yes. One minute you're up, the next minute you're down. Literally. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you Literally this. Literally me yesterday. Okay. I, I've been there. I've been there. Now, here's the thing. Okay. I'm going to tell you this much. One minute, you, one moment you're up. Okay. One mm-hmm. moment you're down. Understand that life is a series of moments. Okay. Mm-hmm. Every moment holds something, whether it's what you interpret as positive or whether you interpret it as something negative. Right. Every moment holds something. Now, if you are in uh, moment number two and you're still thinking about moment number one, and reliving moment number one, you have done yourself a disservice because you are not even living in moment number two. Mm-hmm. And you cannot undo moment number one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? See, you're kind of in limbo. You're like just sitting there, just wish like you're living at that point. You're not, you're not, you're, you're not making a life. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? You're just mm-hmm. alive. You're just yeah. actually alive, just existing. Yeah. Okay, so that's why don't take a bad five minutes and make it a bad five days or a bad yes. five weeks or a bad five months. You understand? Or a bad five years. So I do, try to, I do like to say that, you know, I'm having a bad moment instead of yeah. a bad day. And know? again, again, the conversation you attach to your situation mm-hmm. is very important. Yeah. When yep. I tell you, when I tell you I struggled with depression, I I used to never believe it was a thing. Okay? Let's have that conversation. I started off, I remember I was in Spanish class one time and this girl was, she wrote in Spanish like that she was feeling depressed. And I was like, okay, okay. I mean, girl, let's get you some help. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't, how do you say it? I did not think it was a thing that could happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how all it always goes because girls same. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. a them issue and not a me issue. <laughs> yep. And it can happen to anybody else anybody but me. Else. Like it's just not and that's and because then, of the expectations that we set up for ourselves. Let's and the uh, environment. Uh, you went you you going back to what you said about the Jamaican community, right? Mm-hmm. Not just the Jamaican, this this black community. There's many black, other communities Caribbean that, that mm-hmm. really don't believe in depression. It does they, they yep. look at mental them health say, in general? It's just like not a thing. Yes, like you look yeah. at the, you look at them. You tell them you're depressed. They say, "No man, you're not depressed. You're sad, man. You're sad." <laughs> you're right. Like, oh, I'm permanently sad. Like is that? Is I know. That like that thing. <laughs> but honestly, I'm going to tell you this. We see when you're. I read a quote some, and it it, it helped me because I use this quote every time. I rely on it every time because it mm-hmm. helps me to remember when you are depressed it's because you're thinking too much about the past mm-hmm. when you are anxious is because you're thinking too much about the future mm-hmm. which means either way you're not living in the present moment, yeah the present, the present moment right mm-hmm. so remember what i said life is a series of moments and every single moment is meant to be lived it's not meant to just be alive yeah yeah Okay, which means living means experiencing. It means paying attention, observing. Okay, and and it means taking your experiences and doing something with it. You want to talk about purpose? We talked about purpose. Do something with your experience. Do something with your observations. You know, and uh, what is an artist other than someone who draws what they observe? 
or what they're experiencing inside. You see? Yeah. Ooh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Raquel, so we're coming to a close. What is like your last thing that you want to leave with the people? I mean, you left a lot of things, girl, but like if you had to leave one thing, what would that be? So that's an amazing question, right? Um, I would say be you, okay? And I know people say this all the time, but I mean be really you. If you are black, be black. <laughs> you know, whatever that means to you. Mm-hmm. If, you if you are, if you are um, bold, be bold. Yeah. If you are a writer, be a writer. But whatever it is that you choose to be, be that and be it fully. Mm, because, because they always say the richest place in the world is in the graveyard. And the mm. reason for it is because most people live this life and die without ever doing anything with it. Mm. Okay? So that's why they say the richest place is in the graveyard. So be you. Because being you is beautiful. You're looking for yes. beauty through through makeup, through all of these things, through, oh, I need to exercise and look good. How about you be good? You understand? And yes. be good for you and be good for the world. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's what it means. Like, be, be you and be genuinely you. All right? Because the world, listen, there's only one you. There's only one you. I love it. Your greatest power is you and is, yes. is in being yes. you. Yes. Nobody is this. Listen, that that thing is copywritten. You only you can be nobody, <laughs> nobody else can. Yes. Nobody else can. People could try to copyright. People could I mean, people could try to copy who you are. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, by copying who you are, they're neglecting themselves. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you neglect anything? Something fills that void. Right. Right. If, if a father leaves a home, something fills the void. Right. To, mm-hmm. to replace mm-hmm. the father. Now, if you are not being yourself, something has to fill that void. So who, what do you think is going to fill be filled with? It's going to be filled with everything else except you. And if you live this life not being you, who, you have somebody to answer to. Mm-hmm. Somebody to answer to. Because it's like, it's like, it's like um, Jonah. Jonah, God told Jonah, listen. I need you to go to Nineveh and talk to these people. <laughs> Jonah's like, Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm not going. I don't want to go. Right. <laughs> but the reality is God could have told Jonah at that time, listen, I created you for this one right, moment. Right, for this moment. For this one moment. Mm-hmm. Look at Moses. Look at Moses. Moses was, he had a stutter. He, had a, mm-hmm. he, had a, he could not speak. Mm-hmm. And I noticed, God, I don't know if you noticed this because I read Moses recently too. Moses, God gave Aaron to Moses for help, but guess what? Aaron wasn't talking. Moses didn't have to say anything. All the talking. You see? So, so because we limit ourselves with our fears, mm-hmm. honestly, honestly, it, what, what the problem is in life, what holds us back is not who we think we are, mm-hmm. but who we, not who we, not who we think we aren't. But it's mm-hmm. who we th- who we actually are. Mm-hmm. Does that make I love sense? That. Yeah. Like, it does. look, look. If you think I'm a writer, but I'm a bad writer, what do you think you're gonna write? 
bad, bad things. Bad things. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so, you know, yeah. if, if, if you think, oh, I'm a singer, but I'm a bad singer, you're never going to explore the, the depths of your potential for singing. You shut that out. It's like, uh, I'm going to leave you guys with this. It's a story of Houdini. You guys, you guys ever heard of Houdini? Hopefully you have, right? He's a magician. And the man, they, they put him in a, um, what do you call it? A jail. Because he said, look, challenge me. If you put me in any jail, I will get myself out of that. So they put him in the jail. And the man, after a whole hour of trying to get himself out of the jail, he, he was so exhausted that he fell and he hit his head against the, the wall of the jail cell. And guess what? The same thing that he's been trying to open for one hour, it was already open. Wow. It was already <laughs> open. But he, he went the hard way because he's thinking it's not open. Mm. So you're, sometimes we attack life with too much. Mm. You understand? Because we think that we're not enough. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay? yes. That's very important for us all to understand. You are enough. That's what I want to leave with you. You are enough. No matter what you've been through, you are enough. And everything you've been through, it makes you more of a person. It makes you more of a person because it makes you a stronger person. It makes you a fortress. You understand? So when life tries to, to knock you down, to throw all kinds of manner of evil at you, guess what? You'll stand strong and you'll stand as a testimony of your strength. Yes. We don't need to say anything else, I think. I think drop the <laughs> mic, okay? <laughs> Raquel, thank you so much for spending this time talking to me talking to the people i know they're thank gonna you. love to hear what you're saying <laughs> i know it's gonna reach a lot of people so thank you so much we gotta have That's you back about okay so this will be the last time we hear from you okay nice i like that I um like go that. ahead and plug all the things that you're doing so the people can follow you <laughs> okay so basically um as i said like i i started writing you know, I started doing my my uh, spoken word poetry, my speeches, right? And it was a way for me to heal. Now I really just want to give that as my gift to the world. So anyone who 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 wants my gift, <laughs> you know, anyone who uh, it's a, it's a free gift at the end of the day. It's from me to you and to to the world, you know, um, which is my music, my story, my life. You know, I'm willing to lay it out for you so that if you've been through anything, you can find yourself, some aspect of yourself in me and in my story. Okay? Yes. And, and together we can heal each other. Okay. And we can move this world forward together, move, move humanity forward together. So, you know, I, I'm working on a project right now. Um, I'm actually looking to uh, um, basically create my own record label, right? To, okay. Um, yeah, not just create my own record label as well as a publishing company that I have um, to publish my songs, right? Love that. But, but also I'm looking to to just give everything that I've created so far to the world and to continue to create to create for the world, okay? Mm -hmm. So just definitely keep an eye out for it. You know my name is Raquel because I've said it many times. <laughs> yes, so have I. <laughs> I will leave your information in yes. the description of the podcast so everybody can see it Absolutely. and know where to find you and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Also, I'm doing like a quick um, fundraiser right now just to kind of raise uh, raise some funds to to get this project off the ground. You know, anyone who's ever done anything creative, um, you know that it's not easy uh, investing in, in your creativity, right? Yes. But 
when you have a desire that goes beyond yourself, you know, um, the things that you need will be there. Mm -hmm. It will be there, you know, and I trust God. I trust myself. I trust that, that this is my purpose. And as long as I continue to move forward, I will fulfill it. So if you want to contribute anything, you could definitely reach out to me and, um, and help us get, let's work together. I'm getting this off the ground because I'm looking to create conscious music, you know, con because at the end of the day, look at the world right now. You think they need any, any more negative energy? You know, what Nef I mean? definitely not. Okay. <laughs> right. We, we need, at the end of the day, this world needs healing. That's yes. the number one thing we all need you know, so definitely reach out to me, reach out to Dania. Honestly, thank you so much for having me here. I really, yes. really appreciate it. And um, <laughs> I will, as I said, I'm going to leave your contact information in the description so that people can go directly to you. Yes, um, yes. And yes, and that way, um, that way, when everything comes out, I could just send you guys everything and you can. Exactly. Exactly. So, I love it. Thank you. All righty. <laughs> Until <laughs> next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and that concludes part two of our series with Raquel. Thank you again so much, Raquel, for joining me on this episode. It was awesome. I hope you all were blessed. I know I was just listening to her. There were so many gems, as I said multiple times, so many great things in there. But most importantly, I'm so grateful for Raquel's vulnerability and honesty. And I really hope that will resonate with you all. So thank you so much. Stay tuned next week for another episode of I Am Not Okay With Day. Until then, bye!